Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Rachel Gregory, uh, CEO of Killing It Keto. And uh, Rachel, according to her bio, she's a board-certified nutrition specialist, an athletic trainer, a strength and conditioning coach. Uh, she got a master's degree in nutrition and exercise physiology from James Madison University and a bachelor's of sports medicine from University of Miami. And we're going to be talking about her uh, her keto challenge. And what's, what's interesting I saw in your bio is that you completed the first human clinical trial that looked at the effects of uh, a keto diet on CrossFit athletes. So I'd like to talk about that in a little bit. But uh, Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, if you don't mind, let's, can we can we talk about the uh, clinical trial first? Can you tell me how um, how that fell into your lap and what that was looking for in the trial? Yeah, sure. So um, like you said, I went to uh, James Madison University and got my master's in um, nutrition and exercise physiology. And part of our program was to complete a master's thesis. Um, so I ended up doing, um, it was a two-year program, so I ended up doing a um, a, human, a clinical trial looking at um, the ketogenic diet in CrossFit athletes. Um, and there wasn't, this is about three and a half years ago now, so there wasn't, um, keto wasn't very popular back then. Um, I had I had not even really known about it. Um, so I kind of just dove into the literature and tried to, you know, learn as much as I could about it. And um, so I decided to look at um, a nutritional intervention, that being keto, in an exercise population, and I decided to choose CrossFit because that's what I was um, personally doing at the time, and I had a lot of interest at the the gym that I was at um, for participants who wanted to um, incorporate a different nutritional intervention um, for the main purpose of being um, body fat loss um, while still being able to maintain or improve their performance um, within CrossFit. Uh, so that's what I, I ended up doing, and it was um, just, uh, do you want me to give you just a brief rundown of the study and the results? Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, we can't, you got to tell us the results. Otherwise there'll be, you know, <laughs> we won't be. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was a six week study, um, and basically went went into it, not really knowing what to expect at all. Um, and what we, we had them, uh, we had about 32 participants, um, within the entire study. And what we did is we randomly divide them into two groups. One group was the um, ketogenic diet group, and one group was just a standard American diet. Um, they were doing what they what they normally ate, what they normally did. Nobody in that group followed keto or low carb. Um, and so we followed them over a six-week period, um, and we did pre-testing and post-testing. And part of the pre-testing was doing um, body composition measurements. So they all had a, a DEXA scan. Um, to measure body composition. And then we also did a performance test. So they all did a baseline uh, CrossFit workout um, for time. And so those are the pre-test measurements. And then throughout the six weeks, we um, we measured their ketones each week. We measured um, everybody's, uh, all 30 participants, no matter what group you're in, we measured um, their ketones every week to make sure that the people in the CrossFit and the keto group were um, in ketosis and the ones that were in the control group were not in ketosis. Um, so that was kind of okay. our main measurement. Um, and then we had them, they had to participate in CrossFit at least four, four times per week. Um, and then mm. at the end of the six week period, we did a, uh, the same 
uh, post-test measurements, so the DEXA scan, the performance test. And what we found is that the people in the keto group, on average, um, they lost a statistically significant amount of body fat, weight, um, fat mass, but they were still able to maintain their lean body mass to the same degree of the control group. And at the same time, they increased their performance to the same degree that the control group did. Um, That's great. Wow. Yeah. So in a nutshell, I think it was about in the, in the, in the keto group, there was an average of two and a half percent body fat loss on average. Not every single person lost that, but that was the average across the group. Um, and about, it was about eight or seven and a half pounds, um, loss on average in that keto group. Um, no, nothing lost on the control group. And then, um, both groups increased their performance, like I said, and the keto group increased to the same to the same degree. Well, you've probably seen, I don't know, hundreds of people, I'm sure, become keto adapted and go through the diet and everything. How did the CrossFitters react to it versus like, you know, regular folks? Were they any different? Um, what did they experience as they adapted? Yeah, so that's one thing that a lot of people have like a misconception on CrossFit. Um, so just to clarify, so this study was done in non-elite CrossFit athletes, meaning it was your average person going to a CrossFit gym. So th- there's thousands okay. of CrossFit gyms across the country, and probably 5% of the people in those gym, gyms, maybe less, are elite. So your average person going to CrossFit is not a super elite person going to the CrossFit Games. It's your average person just going to, like, going to the gym, trying to get a good workout in. Probably their goal is to obviously lose a little weight. Um, so this um, with these um, people, there wasn't much difference between um, their adaptation phase. So yes, with anybody, you know, starting a ketogenic diet, you're going to have a, a lack in performance in the beginning, just because your body is adjusting. Um, so these people definitely had, I, and I warned them for that. They definitely had a, like with the first week, they had a little bit less energy and they had, their body had to adjust. Um, and as the weeks went on, they started to, you know, become adjusted. And one of the main things with that is I'm sure you've heard of like the keto flu. Um, mm. The main thing with that is to definitely make sure your electrolytes are um, in balance. And that's a huge thing that a lot of people make mistakes is that um, when they start keto, they're, they're not um, supplementing with sodium and some other electrolytes, potassium, magnesium, which is super important. Um, and that's usually where all the kind of keto flu symptoms come from. Um, so that was just a, a huge thing that I made sure that, that that they were doing, and I think that definitely is is what helps with that transition phase. Okay. Um, did, did they get any deeper into ketosis than like you know other people that you know you've observed or worked with, or um, you know I mean any other special effects from the um, you know from the clinical trial that were different from regular people you work with? Was there more compliance? I mean, what things did you notice about it? Um, in terms of like getting into a deeper state of ketosis, I think that that very much depends on the individual and that depends like it, it, it just, it, there's a huge range of that. And it, it depends on the individual. There's really no way to kind of quantify that in, in terms of people who do CrossFit versus not. Um, but the main, like I said, the main objective was of the study was to see if they could lose a significant amount of body fat while still being able to maintain their performance. Cause like I said, there's a huge misconception that, you know, people who participate in a sport like CrossFit, because it's a very glycolytic sport, um, that they won't be able to perform or they'll just feel like crap, you know, um, performing because um, they're basically, you know, fueling off of fat and ketones. Um, but we're, 
we actually prove that wrong. And, you know, as you become more adapted and as your body adjusts, there's so many benefits to that. And, and in that sense, it's not also just about the, the workout. Um, it's not also just about the workout itself. It's also about the, the other aspects of the workout. My voice is like, so a lot of people think about, um, you know, performance and, and working out is just that, you know, that time period when you're working out, like, what can I do to, to be the best during that, you know, if it's a wad during that, like 15 minute, uh, a wad is a workout of the day in, in CrossFit language. Um, what can I do for that 15 minutes to like, make it the best workout? Um, but a lot of people don't realize that there's so much other, like, so much other, other things that go into that 15 minute workout, such as recovery, um, mental fatigue, being able to perform, you know, at your highest level overall. Um, and so that's a huge aspect of how keto can be a really uh, great option or even just low carb for um, any athlete is that the, rec the recovery aspects of it, the decreased inflammation, um, just, you know, stable energy levels throughout the day and, and not having those spikes and, and drops in your energy. So there's just a lot of other, a lot of other factors that play into, um, into that part of it. Yeah, the last question about the study, did um, the CrossFitters, did they take exogenous ketones? No, they didn't. No. Okay. Um, okay. They, they, exogenous ketones actually were not, um, I think they had just probably um, started to become a little bit popular back then. Mm. Um, this, like I said, it was like three, three and a half years ago. Um, it, yeah, exogenous ketones weren't even like a thing back then, I don't think. Okay, got it. Oh, so tell mm -hmm. me about Kiwana Keto. What's the, how did that lead into your Kiwana Keto challenge? And, you know, what are you doing right mm -hmm. now? Yeah, so that study, um, because it was the first um, study done in uh, looking at a ketogenic diet in CrossFit athletes, it, um, we got it published and it got, you know, some publicity. And so when I uh, graduated from grad school, I kind of, uh, I went on to work for a supplement company as a nutrition scientist for a year. And then I decided that, I wanted to pursue um, the keto, you know, dive into the keto world more. Um, so I left that job and I created uh, my own company, Killing It Keto. And um, I created a 21-day online challenge, which is basically a 21-day keto course. Um, so I, I found that when I was working with people, I would, you know, start with working with clients individually and I would give them all this information and they would be so overwhelmed and they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't understand it. It was just, you know, you, you say, okay, go read this book, go read this book, or even just giving them a ton of information and trying to sit down there, sit with them for a few hours and explain it. It's, it doesn't register. So I figured that the easiest way to get this information across to the lay person is to divide it up into uh, small segments. Se segments. So that's what the 21 days uh, challenge is. Um, every day you get an email that covers a different topic within keto um, for that 21 days. And so by the end of the 21 days, um, the idea is that you're, you're well-versed in what the ketogenic diet is, um, all of the different, you know, aspects of it, how to implement it in your life, whether you're an athlete, a regular person, no matter what. Um, and so that's the 21, I call it like a 21 day course. Um, and so those, um, bite sized that's good. Yeah. And so it's just an introduction and kind of shows you how to, um, follow it if you just want to try it out or even just how to make it into a lifestyle. Um, and so that challenge occurs every Monday. So people can join every week and then they'll be, in, they'll start their challenge um, each Monday. And then another huge part of it is that they get, um, once they sign up for the challenge, they get put in um, a private Facebook community group 
So it's like you're having, you have a virtual community online um, where people can ask me questions. They ask each other questions and it's kind of like um, you're, you're in, you're on a team. You're, you guys are all, you know, working together and, and figuring it out um, as you go. And then obviously I'm there to answer any questions. Um, so that's the, the online challenge. And um, I actually, I, I can go on, but I actually ended up turning that um, uh, into a book sort of. So I made a compliment to oh, that cool. online challenge. Um, and so I, ju I, I just wrote a book. It, it actually comes out on August 28th. So in a few days, um, it goes live. Um, well, it's, it's actually live on Amazon right now uh, for pre-order, but it um, comes out August 28th. And that book is basically, it's called the 21 day ketogenic diet weight loss challenge. And that is a spin off of my online challenge, but it's, it's not a replacement of the online challenge. It's basically a, a complement to it. So in the first half of the book, I, I go into um, the basics of keto, but then I also talk a lot about lifestyle. So sleep, stress management, exercise, all of those factors that we know play into a healthy lifestyle and, and, you know, losing weight that that's a lot of people are start keto because they want to lose weight. Um, and so this kind of goes into, okay, yes, nutrition is the main focus, but you also have to look at these other factors as well. Um, and then the second half of the book is over a hundred keto recipes that are um, simple and still um, uh, help you to uh, adopt it as a lifestyle and um, finding replacements for certain high carb foods that you might not think you can make keto, but those are, those are what I provide in the book. Well, that's great. Any examples of uh, like your coolest recipes, you know, the one or two that people <laughs> think are awesome. Yeah. Um, I would say I have a bunch, of, I have a few different like pizza recipes in there. So showing you how to make um, a pizza crust out in a, in a keto way. So out of almond flour um, and stuff like that. And it actually, like you could, you pick it up like a pizza. It's just totally normal. Uh, you feel like you're eating pizza, but it's made out of almond flour or coconut flour. I have a few different recipes in there depending on allergies. Um, and so pizza would, would yes, be the you can, most uh, popular. You can call it a, a, a pizza. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Actually, that's, I didn't even think of that. Well, there you go. Run with <laughs> um, it. <laughs> yeah. And then just that's kind of what I do, too, is like I try to take any food, any, you know, meal, high carb meal and make it keto, as a lot of people are doing nowadays. But I truly think that you can you can make anything that's high carb, low carb, if you just know, you know, what ingredients to substitute and how to do it. And that's kind of what the book, the recipes in the book are doing. Um, for another one would be uh, like a fried rice. Um, instead of using rice, you can actually use cauliflower rice. And as you know, rice is just mm. kind of a filler. There's no really, no, no, not much flavor to rice. Um, so as long as you're adding the flavor and adding, you know, that stuff into the cauliflower, it actually has sort of the same texture um, if you're cooking it right and all of that. So that's another example. Yeah, I've had broccoli rice and cauliflower rice. My wife makes it, and it's pretty good. It's fooled me many times, you know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely yep. recommend them. Yeah, there's oh, a lot. Cool. Of, there's so, a lot of different ones. Uh, it's great that your book's on Amazon. It sounds like a good resource. And then, um, you know, let's talk more about the uh, the 21 day challenge. Like, what have you learned from people going through it, and how have you like crafted it and shaped it over time? How has it changed yeah. and, and evolved? Yeah. So I definitely, it's something that I'm that I'm continuing to update, you know, as more research comes out, as, um, as we learn more within, you know, keto and how, and as I learn more as working with individual clients and what I see works and what I see doesn't work, 
um, there's so many different aspects to it and there's so many different misconceptions and things that may work for one person that don't work for another person. Um, we're all individualized. It's, it's not a one size fits all approach. And so within the challenge, in the course, um, the keto course, uh, what I do is I try to give a general topic each day um, with, and then I go into, into more detail within that topic um, to try to teach people about it in, in a way that they can apply to their own life and to their own situation. Um, and so that's what it's evolved kind of over the last year, um, constantly updating it and adding, you know, more resources, more, more information, um, just to, to help people really understand it and, and not make it overwhelming, but give them pieces, little pieces at a time. So, yeah. Well, the 21 days is great. It's really bite-sized, you know, it's three weeks. Um, mm-hmm. have you broken down in the program? you know, what to expect week one, two, three, and, you know, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of feedback from people in the program. So like, you know, any surprises, good or bad, or uh, things that you saw needed to be adjusted so that people can be more successful doing it? Yeah. So I guess, so for, I've had a lot of people give me feedback. I actually have like a testimonials page on my website with some videos of people who have gone through the challenge and what they've experienced. And I've, I've definitely made tons of changes over the past um, year. Um, I guess to be specific, maybe one example would be, you know, what can I eat at when I go out to a restaurant or when I'm on the go for keto? Like, what can I eat that um, fits into a keto protocol? So I have like an entire um, eating out like a guide, basically, but then also kind of going into um, there's people who go through the program who who want to like count their macros and, and really follow that. And that's some people succeed on that. Some people don't. Um, so I provide, for example, I updated, um, that, that, that specific part of it to include like every single, um, fast food or not, not necessarily fast food, but things like Panera and Chipotle. And so I include the nutrition information for all of those places. And so if, for example, if you go to Chipotle, um, what can you get there and what is the exact um, macronutrient breakdown for what you're getting. And so I have that all in a, in a guide and I have, you know, I link to the calculators for those nutrition websites and their, and all their information. Um, and that's just one example of like one day that would be uh, a topic. Okay. Well, what can I eat, you know, on the go or when I'm out on a keto right. diet? That's good. So. Yeah. Cause that's, that's, you know, I've, I've been following not exactly keto, but probably like a modified Atkins for, you know, a year and a half. And yeah, you know, when you're out and about, you know, you're surrounded by stuff that's uh, not good for you. So it makes it hard sometimes mm-hmm. to, to eat right. And it can, it can also be expensive. I remember um, I was traveling in an airport with my family and, uh, you know, the only place open, they have like these baguettes with bacon and eggs. So I bought like five baguettes and threw away all the bread and just ate the bacon <laughs> in order to make it a meal. It was this gigantic pile of baguettes, you know, but I'm like, I'm not going to eat that. So it's more expensive, at least in certain cases, but it works. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's kind of what I try to, the, the thing with the challenge is that I try to make it as realistic as possible um, and, and not, um, and try to make it as simple as possible too, for people who are just starting out. Or if you're someone who has done keto in the past and you're just looking for more of like a reset or something where you, you, maybe you did keto like a year ago and you're trying to get some of the new information out there. Um, that's another another awesome um, opportunity uh, with the challenge, and then also they get whoever signs up gets access to 
to, to ask me any questions they have throughout that three-week period uh, via email or, or through the private group. So you, that's another um, resource. So. Do you recommend um, intermittent fasting mixed in? Do you recommend exogenous ketones as helpers to make it more effective? Or do you find that they don't uh, seem to have an impact? Yeah, so I definitely actually, those are two, two days of topics you just hit on. So intermittent fasting is one day, and, and then I talk about exogenous ketones another day. Um, but definitely, definitely recommend intermittent fasting. Um, maybe if you're completely new to keto and you haven't, you're, you've, you've gone from a traditional high carb diet, maybe intermittent fasting is not the best way to start off just because you'll probably be, you know, not very, Sorry. not very happy. Have, yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll have those blood sugar spikes and drops and, and not, not feel great. But I do talk about how I, I recommend going um, keto for a little bit first and then start to incorporate intermittent fasting. And usually that comes naturally for a lot of people. Um, and so I go into all of that within um, one of the topics is just all about intermittent fasting and the types of intermittent fasting, um, all of that. Stuff. And then in terms of exogenous ketones, I personally think that exogenous ketones have a place in um, definitely in therapeutics. So if you're trying to treat a type of disease or um, dysfunction, maybe something like, you know, epilepsy or Alzheimer's, then then they definitely, I think that there's a science emerging that they definitely have a place there. Um, there's also some science emerging with um, performance benefits of exogenous ketones. Um, but I don't think that, I don't recommend them personally for people who are just starting off and, and the main goal is weight loss um, because I think that, the idea, yes, they can be used for maybe that transition period for some people. Um, but just from personal experience, experience and working with people, um, getting the diet right and getting you know that nutrition right first is what's going to set you up for long-term success. So if you start off by you know supplementing and using the supplement, then it's, you're really not <clears throat> teaching yourself how to uh, really make it a lifestyle. So that's where I kind <clears throat> of branch off and say, okay, let's focus more on what you're eating, what you're putting in your body things that are, you know, practical, realistic, um, and then maybe depending on what your goals are and, you know, what you're trying to achieve, maybe exogenous ketones can play, can have a place in that sense. But, yeah, so that's kind of my take on that. Do you have a program, you know, once they graduate from the 21 days, do you have like a longer 90-day program from there that takes them to a different level or kind of cements it into their life? Or do you find that 21 is enough or, you know, are people asking you for more after the 21 days? Yeah. So kind of what it, how it, how it goes is that I have the 21 day challenge. And so after the 21 day challenge, if people are, you know, they're just not getting it or they, they need further help. That's when I, that's when I do the individual consulting. So I have uh, also an individual consulting program online. Um, and so if they'll go through the 21 day challenge and if they need more or they just, want more personalization, um, want more accountability, then they, you know, contact me for a consult. And then I kind of, I work with them, you know, each week to, to kind of build up their individualized program and uh, find exactly what, what for them. And um, what are the reasons people tell you they want to do the program? Is it just weight loss or are there other major reasons that people want to do it? Um, weight loss is a big one. Um, just energy overall health. Um, there's so much more evidence that's coming out on like a low carb ketogenic protocol um, that, you know, benefits just health in general and energy throughout the day, just feeling better. Um, and then also, you know, combating different diseases and just setting yourself up for, you know, 
a, a good, healthy life. Um, so the mm. main ones would be weight loss, um, energy throughout like stable energy levels, and then mental clarity and, and focus. We know that um, that's one of, that's my, my big reason for uh, following a ketogenic lifestyle and also sticking with it is that I've noticed so much mental clarity and being able to focus so much better during the day and, and just mm. having kind of that um, when I'm in like a deeper state of ketosis or if I'm intermittent fasting or something like that, I, I get like, you know, just that I'm sure you've probably experienced just like a kind of a euphoric state where you're super focused and, and, you know, you can just get your work done during the day and um, you're kind of at a different level. Um, so that's definitely, those are the, probably the three main ones. Yeah. Some of the benefits I've experienced, and it's not every day, but there's been a lot more days than there used to be where I just feel clear all day. And it's great to feel like that, mm -hmm. you know, you just feel like wide awake yeah. and you can think and all that all day. And I, I remember, um, you know, for many years I would eat lunch and I'd be like, you know, after lunch, you want to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And now it doesn't happen anymore at all. You know, I eat food and actually it's kind of opposite. I'll get hungry sometimes, like 20 minutes later, like I never ate. And people around me are like, oh my God, how are you hungry? <laughs> it's because what <laughs> I ate and I didn't eat the carbs, you know? So exactly. So You're not having those. Yeah. Yeah. You're not having the blood sugar spikes and, and the, and the drops. And yeah, definitely. I've, I've actually had people tell me that, you know, that afternoon slump, you know, where they either felt like they had to go out and get another coffee or take like a, a 20 minute nap that has completely disappeared mm. for a lot of my clients. And I think that's a huge, um, a huge takeaway that, you know, you can be super productive for, throughout the day and just have all that, all this energy that you never really had before because, you know, you, you have stable levels, you're not, you're not spiking blood sugar and, and you're just, you're able to fuel off of, um, fat and, and ketones. So I remember though, before I did it, you know, I would run into people that were kind of eating that way. And I just, I felt like they were like, you know, smug or self-righteous and it kind of annoyed me. So it's, you know, when you eat like this, you have to be a little bit careful with those around you on what you say, because I would bet that some of the people I don't know. I guess they feel envy or they feel like, um, I don't know. Have you, have you experienced any of that where people try to guilt you or pressure you into eating what they're eating? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm, I, I always do. And, and that's kind of the struggle that it's, it's funny. Cause that's, an, that's another topic I actually talked about during my challenge is how do you, you know, how do you follow this type of diet or this type of lifestyle while people around you are not, or if your family's not, and, and how do you kind of combat those, those comments, like, oh, just have this one piece of cake, it's not going to hurt you, or, you know, one mm -hmm. piece of bread is not going to hurt you. So I think everybody deals with that. It's kind of like that social pressure. Um, and I would just say, like, as you go, like, over time, it becomes easier. Um, as you kind of are more in tune with yourself, and you're, you're, you're remembering, you know, why you're doing this, why is it important to you, kind of everything else becomes like a blur, and all, and you can kind of drown out the the external haters, I guess you could say. Um, mm. But yeah, I think over time it becomes easier, but it's, that's definitely a challenge. And I would say that for me, I, um, I definitely like, <laughs> this is what I do for a living. Like I, I teach people about keto. So all of my family and friends, they, they hear about it nonstop. And, and so I mm. have tried to sort of, um, you know, take that back a notch and, and realize that not everybody's going to be, not everybody's, you know, does not everybody wants to follow this lifestyle. Not everybody, you know, cares about it or, or wants to do it. So um, I can kind of chime in with, with what I think, but I'm not going to push it on anybody. Um, yeah. 
and I think results speak for themselves too. So if you're if you're following keto and you have you know a family member or friend who is is watching you along the way and say you're losing you're losing weight you're feeling better they're seeing that your attitude is better you're you're feeling happier your lifestyle you're just getting better like that's that's going to speak for itself and those people are going to yeah. realize that and that's that's kind of how it's trickled along um and become popular i think yeah you know it's interesting i noticed is that um when i feel good you know i'm a better father and husband and all that you know i'm better to my family so i realized like the bigger implication is, you know, if you do this plan and you feel good, you'll it actually will help your personal relationships too. Because if you feel oh, yeah. like crap, you'll treat people like crap. If you feel good, you treat people better, you know? Exactly. Completely, 100% agree with that, for sure. Yeah. Well, um, you know, just last couple of questions. What, what have you noticed about people that follow the program? Like, who has a hard time with it and why? And who seems to, like, do it effortlessly? I think people who um, tend to have a hard time with it are those who are maybe less educated on the nutrition aspect of it, or they're just, they haven't really, you know, um, they public, they've been following a higher carb diet or, or, you know, following the traditional guidelines that were given and um, they just really are not educated. That would be probably people who have the hardest time. And that's why I try to make the program as, you know, easy to understand as possible. And so like anybody could, could benefit from it and, and learn from it. Um, and I'd say the people who have the easiest time are those who are probably more versed on nutrition, more in tune with themselves, have followed some type of protocol in terms of like a paleo protocol or just like another, a, a lower carb protocol before. Um, so their bodies are already kind of adjusted to that lower carb intake. So it's not as as hard to, you know, change up a few things that they're eating or, you know, take out a few things. Um, those are probably people who have the, the easiest, um, the easiest time with it for sure. What do you have people that do it for medical reasons? You know, they, they say they have diabetes or they say they have cancer or, you know, other serious things, epilepsy. Do you get those kind of people or is, is it more uh, the weight loss people? Yeah. So I actually, um, I live in San Diego and I actually work with two doctors here um, one is an internal medicine doctor and one is a, a cardiologist. Uh, Dr. Brett Scher is the cardiologist. And he, he actually is very, um, he's pretty well known in the keto community. His, his website is lowcarbcardiologist.com. And then um, the internal med doc, uh, Dr. Brian Lenskis, he is, um, most of his patients are all, uh, he works with a lot of type 2 diabetics. Um, so he actually sends his patients to me for nutrition consulting. So I work with um, people who are type two diabetic and that's probably, um, a good amount of people. And then, um, yeah, so type two diabetics okay. definitely seen a lot of that. Um, in terms of like epilepsy, I haven't worked personally with, um, many people on epilepsy, a few, um, who have already kind of, you know, um, started keto and found success for themselves. So maybe they just need a little bit more of a boost or want more education. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I just didn't know if you noticed any difference in compliance amongst those groups. You know, certain people, um, essentially, maybe they feel like they have a gun to their head, you know, uh, <laughs> so they, they do the program easier. That's why I was wondering. It's not, okay, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that it just depends how, yeah, it just depends on your specific situation and, and you know, what, what the goal is um, for, for you as an individual. Okay. Well, very good. So what's the best way for uh, for people to get in touch and, you know, they go to Amazon and get your book 
August 28th, he said mm-hmm. it's coming, which is great. What was the title of the book? It's called the 21 day ketogenic weight loss challenge. And it's actually available okay. right now. Um, it's on pre-order right now. So if you go to my website, uh, killingitketo.com slash book, um, that'll bring you directly to the link um, with more information. And so it's on a pre-order special right now. So if you order it now, you'll have it on your doorstep by August 28th and at that pre-order price, which is uh, $19.99. Um, so yeah. And then okay. where they, no, I was going to say, uh, you can find me, like I said, at my website, www.killingitketo.com. And then on all social media platforms, I'm Killing It Keto. Um, Instagram is probably my uh, most uh, most used platform um, uh, at, at Killing It Keto on Instagram. Okay. Um, and yeah. And then just one clarification is it uh, it's killing without the G on the end, right? So it's killing? Yep. <laughs> yep. No G. Okay. Just killing. <laughs> just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Rachel, thanks for coming on. And I'm glad you do what you do. And, you know, I appreciate you being here. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.